one's for the birds, birds. this one's for the city. This one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down the 95 to the right is the link. With a team pulling up, knowing that they getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson. Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lot, stop by F1. Fly, Eagles fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird gang, bird gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me, Green and Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Can't let you watch the squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bro. Beer pong baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato Bring three or four. After every bird game, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. E Rock Girls, I'm just Hollywood Look up. Okay, here we go. Broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to Fourth and John, episode. 114. Boys and girls, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the division rival New York Giants on Monday Night Football in front of a primetime audience. So for the loyal listeners of this show and for those of you out there that know me, you know that I do not subscribe to many football cliches. At the top of that list, a win is a win. Now granted, Gale, they won, but there certainly is a lot to complain about, a lot to pick apart about that Philadelphia Eagles win, whether it's the coaching, the Bobo coaching of Doug Peterson, especially in that first half, whether it's the play of Carson Wentz, not hitting open receivers, throwing when he's supposed to be holding on to the ball, holding on to the ball when he's supposed to be throwing, throwing, taking sacks when he's supposed to be running. There's a lot to complain about as far as the defense goes. Uh, apparently, it was Ronald Darby's turn on the defensive back torch list, there was a lot to complain about about that game. But boy, oh boy, did it feel good to walk out of Lincoln Financial Field with a dub. It's felt like forever since we left the link holding that W above our heads. In fact, it was before the bye week against the Chicago Bears, right? It felt like forever, especially against the Patriots, against the Seattle Seahawks, and losing that game in Miami, which I am still trying to figure out how exactly we lost. And it was rainy, and it was cold at Lincoln Financial Field. But temperature be damned, the fans were there, the fans were in it, and if we're, I'm gonna get real Nacho wild on you for a second. There are five climate zones in this beautiful blue and green earth. Is this, this EFF? Yeah, this beautiful blue and green planet we call Earth. And if you visit the big island of Hawaii, the beautiful big island of Hawaii, you can visit all five of those climate zones. Shout out to all our Hawaiian followers and people watching right now. But if you were, that's a perfect metaphor. I see where, you, I see you looking at me, Ev. It's <laughs> a perfect metaphor for that Philadelphia Eagles game and the way the fans reacted last night. Because there were five different fan temperature zones that we went through. See, I'm coming full you. circle. I got you. You see where I'm around. going we're with this around. one now? Okay, here we go. First and foremost, you're excited. It's prime time. It's Monday night football. You're playing in front of a national audience against the New York Giants. Giants. Eli Manning's coming back. Oh, that guy who started his career and made his NFL debut against the Philadelphia Eagles and hold it, held an L for the first time he ever took a, snapped a ball under center. We're going to finish his career with an L at Lincoln Financial Field, man. The, the fans were 
ravenous. They were throffed up. They were excited for this game. So there's one temperature of the fans right then and there. And then what do the Eagles do? Ah, they come out with that same BS they've been coming out with this whole entire season. Carson Wentz can't hit guys right in front of him. He's sailing balls. They're not running the ball effectively. Doug Peterson's calling plays like he's looking at football for dummies. The defense is getting torched. They can't tackle. They're making Eli Manning dropping dimes deep look like vintage Eli Manning. Are you kidding me? And the fans got angry. Boy, the boo birds were out early. Yeah, you talk about having a boo in the chamber. Boy, they They're had out. a boo in the chamber. Oh, they, they were making up for boos they didn't have the opportunity to give down in Miami. Pissed off Eagles fans. It's temperature number two. Temperature number three going into halftime. There were three third down, failed third down conversions where Philadelphia Eagles fans didn't even bother to boo. They punted, the incomplete pass on third down, punt the ball, don't care. Meh. Apathetic Eagles fan. That's the worst, man. When you're sitting there just sad in your seat and it's cold and it's rainy and you don't even have the energy to boo, that's the third temperature. Then all of a sudden, late third quarter, fourth quarter, oh, 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 what's happening here? What's happening here? All of a sudden, the offense starts clicking. Defense starts shutting them down. Now you got that, oh, we can do that, that belief, right? That belief, Eagles fans, where you start to feel that pendulum swing in the other direction. And then at the end of the game, overtime, Zach Ertz in the end zone. Jubilation. That kind of, that's the, that's the height of Eagles fandom right there, baby. When you are just excited and screaming your head off, that's the five temperatures of those Eagles fans. I got home at 2.30 in the morning. I could not fall asleep till 4 o'clock in the morning. I am exhausted. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagles Sessions on Twitter. You were there with me, baby. For the whole game. For the whole game. We yeah. stuck through it. How you feeling? I'm al- I feel alive. I mean, I think I needed that W for my spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz had this message to the team about keep believing at the halftime. This is what he was telling his players. And, you know, we're a fan-centric podcast, mm. and you start asking yourself, you know, after, after all these L's that we've been catching, you're like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> why, why do I put myself in uh, harm's way, in, in middle of the storms? You know, I could get sick out here. We tailgate through this. We come to the games. When people are selling their tickets, we are going straight to the eye of the storm because we don't care because we are fans at the end of the day. We could be fan, fanalists, fanalists, can we say that? Yeah. Uh, but you're like, why do we do this? Um, but you keep believing. There's, there's some part of your spirit where you're like, you know what? They could pull this out, perhaps. You, you, might, tell, you, might, tell your, you might have this argument with yourself like, are we really doing this? Yes, we're doing this. We're, com- we're going to go to this game. We're going to watch this dub. And we, we saw three quarters of terrible football. Yes. Where we questioned Real things, questioned the players. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about role players stepping up, a, uh, a journeyman uh, wide receiver who's been on this team for three years who couldn't crack the squad, comes up, makes plays. Uh, Boston Scott has the game of his life. You know, a veteran tight end like Zach Ertz making big plays and big moments. Uh, Jay Jaw coming up with big catches. Uh, even Sidney Jones, Sidney Jones season, it may be it for like for one play comes in and it makes a big stop. Uh, we're talking about guys coming up big in, in big moments to get the dub. And last but not least, Carson Wentz. Yes. You know, you might think it's the Giants. Yeah, they beat the Giants. All right, all right. It's, it's, it's no big deal. But it's part of the story of Carson Wentz, his experience, 
it's first time, first overtime win for this franchise, uh, and, and he came back and brought this team back to a victory with role players, guys who have not been on the roster for, for more than three weeks. Mm. So I mean, from that standpoint, uh, you know, the, the team came together. You know, you think about the, yes. you know, the Giants one that we had with Jake Elliott mm -hmm. kicking that field goal. Is this is this <laughs> is this Giant win the game that? brings us back I know we have players hurt you know every week Alshon is out now per, for this season Lane Johnson's hurt uh can we get maybe Nelson Aguilar back Jordan Howard back maybe but it's it's an opportunity for this team to you know go on the road get another dub and fight for the NFC East are you, you are y'all with me I, I, I'm, with I, I'm, I'm with you and I, I will say this before we move on to Evan like I realize, like we're we're excited right now, right? We're we're, we're real happy right now, and we're we're up here because we've got that overtime win. I have tempered expectations of this team if they should make the postseason, but I've narrowed it down to this: just the overall ridiculousness of the fact that we are in this position with the record that we have, that we have the possibility of losing the division and still keeping Cowboys out of the division. Like, that's my only focus right here, right now. Evan Hollywood Horn, how you doing? Man, I needed that win like I needed air, man. Like, yeah. that was so nice to get last night. Um, it was good to see, like, touch on what you said, Gail. We lost so many guys from Alshon, Lane, all the guys we've lost uh, earlier in the season. But to see these guys that are, you know, bottom of the depth chart guys step up and make plays, that is uh, reminiscent of an Eagles team that I was familiar with. And that was good to see. Um, honestly, like I'm loving that uh, last night Carson was showing the flashes of what we're used to. Carson was uh, getting outside the pocket. Mm. He was making plays. That's exactly the type of football I want Carson to play. I don't want him to be contained as a pocket passer. I'm liking him extending plays, waiting for somebody to get open. And, um, I mean, do you guys think he's a little bit upset about the whole uh, – he had his gender reveal today. I think he was planning on naming his daughter or his son Zach. Should it be a boy? Yeah. <laughs> I think that that it could be it could be Zach Alicia. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was a very it was interesting, interesting gender. Reveal. It was a very uh, Carson is a country boy through and through, <laughs> man. And uh yeah, we we could touch on that a little bit more. But I just uh I was thinking maybe like as I was watching uh, our defense out there, I was thinking maybe Ronald Darby might have stopped by Club John because it was popping. There was a lot of people that were there last night. Yeah. And uh I was thinking just considering the way he was playing out there, maybe maybe he's he swung by and I didn't see him, had, had a few had drinks. A couple drinks. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, he <laughs> he he, de he definitely might have and and we both kind of touched on Carson Wentz. And a lot of the discussion, at least on Sports Talk Radio, on the timeline today that I did, and the limited time that I had to, to kind of look things over, was that, was this a signature win for Carson Wentz? Is this his signature win? Is this his statement win? I'll, I'll argue this, and then, Gail, I'll pass it off to you. To me, this win for Carson Wentz, coming back in the fourth quarter, going to overtime, at the, at the very least, checks a box. Because Carson Wentz, throughout his talented career so far with the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're talking about being an MVP candidate in 2017, setting the Eagles up, putting them in position to make that postseason run, basically earning them the NFC East, as well as earning them that first round bye right there. Mm -hmm. As talented as he has been, and as, me as much as he, because we forget, because we've had the last couple years of Nick Foles kind of coming and saving the day. 
this win at least checks a box, and it checks the hater box. We get we got box. It checks the hater box. Okay. Because what if Carson Wentz's haters been saying pretty much this entire season and some of last season? When's the last time Carson Wentz had a win when they were down in the fourth quarter and he put his team on the back dough and he <laughs> made his receivers better dough? When's a, I need card before I start buying in the Carson Wentz? I need to see those things. This might, in my opinion, it's not a signature win. It's not a career win. You know what I mean? But at least checks the box of Carson Wentz, despite playing poorly for just about three quarters worth of football, is capable of bringing this team from behind, putting the, putting the offense on his back, making his receivers, who, by the way, the skill position players last night were glorified third game, third quarter preseason game skill position players, all besides Zach Ertz. Yeah. He's able to he's able to make those guys better. I think like this might not be a career signature win, but man, it certainly checks a box for me. I mean, me. I mean he answers some questions. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, at the end of the game, you you started to see this different form of Carson, a guy that we've been talking about wanting to see more tempo for him, for him to get in rhythm. Well, mm-hmm. I've been saying this for like weeks just like it, once he gets that opportunity, you know, to get some juice you can see it in it, the way his his progressions, uh, his eye discipline. Um, that one throw to um, Dallas Goddard, where he he kind of like looked off the uh, the flare route and then hit the seam, and I was just like, he is on money right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but someone was saying, you know, he he got an opportunity to call some of those plays, you know, those package plays where he didn't have to think too much. You know, he, once he says kill kill kill, I get excited. I'm like, all right, this is the car that I know. And then, you know, having these players step up and make plays for him. Uh, I mean, guys that are – I mean, talk talk about Greg Ward. I mean, a guy who's been trying to make this roster for so long, dude. Yeah. For him to come up and make big plays mm-hmm. for Carson uh, and, and Boston Scott. Uh, I mean, the yeah. screen game was awesome. But, like, it, it does make me question um, Howie Roseman in the front office and what they're doing with some of these players because – a guy like Greg Ward, who's been trying to crack this roster, uh, a guy like Mac Hollins, who's been on this roster for so long, has not, not many aiding plays. Uh, you know, what are, what are they doing? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into my typical Howie defense stance right now. I'm going to get into my Howie defense stance right now because, <laughs> because you know that front office guys always want to give every opportunity for players that they've invested draft capital in. Right, they they drafted these guys with pick. These are these are guys that they picked, not undrafted rookie free agents, not practice squad squad guys. These are guys that they picked. All right, that's human nature. You're gonna want to give every opportunity for those guys to develop, prove themselves. So they prove you right. So they proved you right in the fact that that you picked them, you were right. They're gonna develop into something. That's just human nature. And as much as we love to bash Howie Roseman, again, I'm gonna get in that defense stance for him. Catch the like, L. Sometimes like, you gotta catch the L, though. Yeah, I, I understand that, but we do it. Look no further than fantasy football. I mean, you draft a running back in the second round, right? You might picked up a guy on waivers who's not who's outperforming. And I'm not saying by a mile, but outperform, doing better than the running back that you drafted in the second or third round. Who are you starting? You're going to keep starting Stay with the, the guy end. that you picked because you think he can do it because you believed in him. You're going to start that guy. I know fantasy football and football are two separate worlds, but that's just human nature to want your guys who you picked 
to succeed. Turns out, listen, Greg Ward's a player. Maybe Carson Wentz was making him look a little better than uh, than he really is. Maybe that's the case. If that's the case, but he, still definitely a good. But thing. he he balled out in 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 uh, you know during the offseason. Like he was making plays all through camp. You know, well, in yeah. preseason. Listen, we were there. We saw it. I mean, so he's he's finally got his opportunity to shine. I mean, you know, he does have that four three speed, uh, and definitely you know he's been getting open. Yeah, making catches. Yeah, he has. So. I think to, to touch on the whole uh, Carson Wentz thing, the, there were Icy Wentz at Icy Wentz put out a pretty interesting point just uh, in comparison to uh, Deshaun Watson. Mm. Carson's got 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and he's also got uh, that I was looking over today. He's got eight drop touchdowns. So I mean, let's take half of those. Let's say, let's say half of those should have happened. That, that's a, that's a fair if statement. You had better skill position. Players, if you had better right. skill position okay. players, but that, this is what it's saying is that Watson has one of the best receiving cores in the league with DeAndre Hopkins, yes. Will Fuller. Carson is making this happen with Greg Ward now being his number one wide receiving option. So like. And, and, and here's what I'll say. Let's reel it back. Here's what I'll say. Let's reel I'm, it back. I'm, let's reel it back. You understand my point. I understand your point, but for three quarters, that was terrible football. It let, was. Let, let's, let's call it what it is. I mean, some people were leaving at halftime. Some people were leaving at the third quarter because, you know, it was just it was, it was terrible. Who, who, was, who was leaving at third quarter in here? Listen, I'm not going to point fingers to anybody in this room. I'll just, I'll just kind of look in their direction. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk wow, Drunk bro. Wow, bro. Wow, bro. <laughs> wow. Listen, give us credit. The momentum changed. The, 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 momentum, the momentum did change. But now I forgot what I was talking about. Since I, since I was too busy breaking You're telling me to reel it back in. Oh, reel it back in. Listen, it, there was three quarters of terrible football against a New York Giants team that is doing everything in their power to climb up the, the, the NFL draft board uh, that's probably going to fire their head coach at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So... Realistically, like we were so worried about another Miami Dolphins situation happening where this team, whether it be through that injury, real. whether it be through weather, you can make it as many excuses as you want. Yeah. Listen, do whatever you got to do. I don't care. Just get the dub. Um, that, you know, it had, it had Eagles fans like really, 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 really concerned. I mean, the, the play calling for me is a concern. But that, you know, like, we can go back to the weapons, but I, I think, you know, not for them not to allow Carson to be Carson earlier in the game is what is concerning to me. Like the coaching, I'm in, in all the fans in the crowd were, were saying a lot of the same things that, that I'm saying right now. But just like Carson, Carson caught like lightning in a bottle 17 of 24 in the fourth quarter, um, you know, 195 yards, two touchdowns. Like you saw, you saw the light bulb go off. Mm-hmm. So, what, what is the disconnect between you know? The plays that they have for you know starting the game and letting Carson be Carson, like where's the disconnect? The scripted plays have been completely predictable. Me, me, and your brother were sitting up in the stands, and he and we were just calling every play that was going to be happening, whether it be run pass, who's going to be going to, what side of the field. It's it's predictable, and that's the problem with the scripted play so far. The the challenge for Carson Wentz with the injuries along the offensive line, and clearly the injuries at the skill position players, because Nelson. You know, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Alshon, chances are, and that's a wrap for him for this season. Yeah. God only knows what's going to happen next season. I know there's a ton of dead cap money. It's tied invest, up. You know, tied, tied up in that dude. Can't trade that contract either. Can't trade it, and he's going to be coming off a year where he's injured. So now all of a sudden you're down to like a like a ragtag group of, uh, again, third, pre-se- third quarter of a third preseason game receivers. You know, it, 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 it's, it's so difficult, but – 
when you allow it, it it's kind of reminiscent when you said let Carson be Carson. I'm I'm kind of wearing this throwback '90s hat right now. It kind of reminded me of Randall, and let Randall be Randall. Remember that slogan? Like that was a big thing. There was a disconnect between the coaching staff and Randall Cunningham, where he just let me be me. Yeah. Let Randall be Randall. And the challenge is with all these injuries. Uh, along the offensive line, and with all these injuries at the skill position players, the challenge is letting Carson Wentz feel comfortable enough where he's able to effectively move the offense. I, I know it's I know it's this late in the season, but the Eagles against the New York Giants might have unlocked that mystery where it's like, yo, you got to let him take the reins. You got to give the key the keys to the kid. You got to let him take the wheel and run this offense the way he runs it. Sometimes too many cooks in the kitchen can spoil the soup. Now you can't have listen. Carson Wentz isn't Peyton Manning. Easiest job in the NFL. They always thought was a backup quarterback. You're holding the clipboard. Easiest job in the NFL back in the day was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. Because Peyton Manning was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't offensive coordinate Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning offensive coordinates you. So he's not Peyton Manning. He's not going to call an entire game. But if you start put, if you start giving him more responsibility of, of on the field being that general that he needs to be, maybe he can be that leader he needs to be. And if he can be that leader he needs to be, maybe the offense goes where it's got to go. That's all I'm saying about it. You know, he's like a Favre guy. Like, he, he grew up studying Brett Favre. He's a gunslinger. He's got that mentality. But he's also, you know, him on the move is where I want Carson Wentz to be. Him in the pocket, you know, he can, he can play in the pocket, but I think him on the move, uh, you know, bootlegging, like, you know, you know creating on his own, you just, he's just a different player. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's, it's like – you know when you see Carson Wentz, he's he's all red in the neck area, and you're like, ah, oh, he's that stress Carson. What are you trying to say? He's red always, in the he, neck he's area. A, he's always red in the neck area. <laughs> yeah, but when he's when he's <laughs> why gotta be like that, Gail? Oh, just because he shoots shotguns uh, for his yeah. gender reveal, is that he's red say? in the neck what area? That's say. what I'm not. He's he's kind of pinkish when he gets <laughs> or when he gets heated. And he's like uncomfortable. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> this is like go back and watch some footage of now Carson Wentz. Now you're getting red in the face right now, bro. <laughs> But you you know what I'm that that version of Carson where he doesn't look comfortable, um, that's I, I mean once he gets in his in his zone that's where I want him to be. Yeah, and that's what he's struggling to get back to. But that's you know listen, if you can just win the next three games, it's the Washington Redskins, the big one against Dallas, the big one against Dallas. And then, and then away at, at New York Giants, and we should realistically, I, we're going to be at all three of those games, Gail, you and I. We're going to be at all three of those games. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is going to be a big last three-game stand, and the Cowboys can lose, you know, to the Eagles, maybe one more. I mean, this, again, my expect, you've, you've heard us, if you've been following this show and listening to this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook right now, if you're subscribing on iTunes, and listening to the podcast, you've heard us as fans kind of just talk it out all season. This has been just as much of a therapy session for you as it is for us. But my expectation, like we know damn right and well that this isn't a playoff team. Like if you, did you watch that uh, San Francisco 49ers, New Orleans Saints game? That game was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. a game of the year. Unbelievable. Game, game of, of the year. year. Yeah. yeah. But... 
when you take a look at either one of those teams, you realize that you are not on the same level whatsoever with those teams. If you watch, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, you know you're not on the same level with them. We might have beat the Packers, had the right game at the right time on a short week and, 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 and coached it up, and they had an off game, and Devontae went that whatever it might be. You realize that you are not on the same level, but I don't care if it's climbing to the top of Garbage Mountain. If the Eagles can handle their business and win, I don't care how ugly it is at this point. We know this season's a wash. But if they can just keep the Cowboys out of the playoffs, we get to look at Cowboys fans for an entire offseason and be like, how trash are you? You were healthy. You were talented. You have no excuse, and you cannot bump this sorry-ass Eagles team out of the playoffs, and we won the NFC East. All those Dak versus Wentz arguments, all those how-many-rings-you-got arguments get to be shelved once again for another offseason because, yo, you can't even get past us, bro. I mean, the bragging rights are real. I mean, you get 365 days of memes. Yeah. You know, we are going to come at you like not in the playoffs what you know i mean it's it's serious business you guys buy an nfc champion nfc east champion gear though you know, I, I might. <laughs> wearing that proudly <laughs> collectors collectors <laughs> item you prime wood you gonna buy it oh yeah did you just take you got cowboys fans in the family and 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 tag cowboys fans in it absolutely but it's interesting to watch the cowboys you know they're they're a wreck themselves i mean they they've got some turmoil on the inside you know, you got Jerry Jones, uh, all P. Diddying up in every single interview, all up in, in the video. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Jones, like he can't stop himself. And I think it's it's starting to like seep, like, seep into the locker room. Yeah. So we're, we're hoping that, you know, they're not the team that they were earlier in the season. And say what you want about the Philadelphia Eagles. We're banged up. Carson isn't playing all that great. Doug Peterson's play calling, stuff like that. But you know what? When they went in the halftime against the New York Giants, this was echoed by Carson Wentz during the post-game press conference. This was echoed by Doug Peterson during the post-game press conference. I heard, um, I heard uh, Brandon Graham talk about it. I heard Miles Sanders talk about it. They didn't hoot. They didn't holler. They didn't throw things. They didn't get angry. They didn't point the finger. They simply just said, listen, what team do we want to be? Who, who's going to step up and make a play? They came together. You know what I mean? And whether it's the owner not meddling like Jerry Jones medals, or whether it's Doug Peterson trying to be a leader unlike Jason Garrett who's just clapping like one of those wind-up monkeys with the symbols. You know what I mean? Because you, know you know he's Jerry Jones's monkeys just sitting there clapping away. Yeah, hey, you're doing a great job, Jason Garrett. You only got seven points on the board. You still haven't beat a team with a winning record just smacking those symbols together like a monkey. Whether it's, whether it's Mark... Uh, Bennett in the locker room causing a ruckus. You can tell, even though that team's more talented, the leadership just simply isn't there. And that's what was so pleasing about watching that Philadelphia Eagles team win. Whereas, listen, the fan, boo, we were booing them. We were letting them hear it. Like I said, we had a booze on reserve on ice that we took out of off of ice and defrosted from the Miami game. So when they came to Philadelphia and they screwed up for the first time, we could chuck that boo on top of the boo we're currently giving them. They got booed off the field, broke my damn heart. I took video of it, didn't even have the heart to post it. I'm like, I can't even post it. And I'm sure this has happened before. I'm sure this, but I can't ever specifically remember. They got booed coming onto the field. They got booed coming onto the field at halftime. But you know what? That didn't let them get to it. They know these Philly fans. 
They know how they're going to let their emotions kind of spit. They're going to voice their displeasure. They didn't stop believing in themselves. They didn't stop believing in themselves. And when you talk about those role players stepping up, those young guys stepping up, young guys just don't step up out of nowhere. You have to have leadership in order for them to step up. So that's that's kind of along with this check in the box of Carson Wentz's. It wasn't a signature game, you know, but but it, it checked the box of him winning in the fourth quarter and a come from behind victory and winning in overtime. Besides that, my biggest takeaway from that game, the leadership actually started to spill over into the field. Yeah. I mean, Carson had a great quote. He said, uh, you've got guys moving around, but for me, I've got no choice but to trust these guys. Some of these routes I've never even even read before in those situations, but they stepped up and made plays. So it's he's in a, he's in a, a weird position where he's got no other option. So you got a guy like Jay Jaw, who made a know, phenomenal catch. That's yeah. where he, that's where this guy wins the whole game. I'm talking about like throw it up to Jay Jaw. Just that's where he wins the, on those nine routes, 50-50 balls. Let him go be himself um, and, and play to their strengths. So it was it was. It was I, I was I was inspired by the, the young guys because I mean, you know, we've been hearing a lot of f- chatter from the fans like Aguilar or you know the effort, um, you know. For me, are they lazy? Or are they, they you know Alshon Jeffrey? Is he is he is he has he bought in this season? Um, and just to see wide receivers, there there's there's a level of heart and there's a level of fight from a guy who's. You know, he could be off the team next week. He's fighting for his life for a roster spot. But when you see it, for my damn life, yeah, man. <laughs> you see you see a guy like Aguilar who doesn't fight for a ball and he's making nine point four million when you know, you know, you got a guy who's just came off the practice squad who's like, This is my life right here. Yeah. So I mean, that's inspiring. I think uh, you know, hopefully that resonates within the locker room. And you saw when they did not make plays, you saw it bothered them. Like when Greg Ward missed that touchdown in the corner of the end zone, it was right smack dab in front of us. And when that defender kind of flashed in front of him yep. and he dropped that ball, like that bothered him. You could see he said, he said that someone, someone tipped it. But even still, you know, you know, like these younger guys, again, yeah, young, right. younger you. guys don't step up on their own, even though they're fighting for the job and without the proper leadership. And that's refreshing to see some, se- some semblance of leadership in the locker room. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still riding high on. I'm still recovering from the tailgate. Yeah, dude, that was insane. A lot of rain. A lot know, of rain. We stayed underneath the, uh, the awning. Nobody got soaked at all. Yes, that. Uh, thank you for, uh, thank you, thank you, Gail. Uh, thank you, Uncle Don and Liz for hooking us up with K Lot tickets. I can tell you that K Lot was not ready for Fourth and John. K-Lot was not prepared for the show that was 4th and John. We went in there, night. We, I was the first one in line, lined up, started setting up the tailgate. All of a sudden, cir- security started circling us like sharks, like, what the hell is this all about? There was green lights and loud music and a wacky waving inflatable arm tube man. There was all sorts of... You guys of selling re- used cars over here? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and there was, like, cases of beer, you know, stacked upon stacked upon. Thank you, Bud Light. Yes. And there was all these people underneath the awning and everything like that, underneath the solar panels. And, yo, they were, like, they were scoping us out, being like, what the hell? Because What the what, hell is going on out here? Because it was our first time in K-Lot. Yeah. K-Lot's nice, a little bougie. 
a little bougie. A lot of people that just kind of sit in the cars, you know, maybe play a little bit of cornhole. They don't tailgate. So all of a sudden, when we started stepping up, setting up, they were like, who let the F-lot hoodlums in the, in the K-lot? Because something you got to understand, that's an NFL-owned lot, right? That's, that, that is, that's a league property right there. So there are different rules that apply to K-lot than they do F-lot. Yeah. So first thing, we had like security guards kind of like circling in the golf cart, making sure everything's going, going okay. We have people walk up and be like, yo, you got to take down the wacky waving dude. I mean, somebody might get hurt or something. You know, they're starting to get easy. They're starting to get a little antsy. They're getting, you know, a little bit of... A little bit of tension there, so we took that down. We told them, hey, listen, don't worry about it. We're not trying to cause any trouble. We realize that we're F-lot people. We're in your <laughs> sandbox. We're going to play by your rules. If you don't see anything that you like, just let us know. We'll, just, we'll, yeah, we we'll adjusted We adjusted the tailgate. We yeah. moved on over a little bit. Yeah. It was nice and cozy. Condensed yeah. our space a little bit. You know, it was yeah. a good time, though. It was and, good. and then one – so we got, we got, like, the Yellow Jackets first, right? The Yellow Jackets came over to try to, like, quell the crowd. And then when the yellow jackets didn't work, then we got, what do we get? We get silver jackets. No, we got silver jackets next. And I walk, now, now I'm looking because the sharks are circling. So I go up to the guy. I said, hey, Lynn, how's it going? Listen, I know you're not used to this. It's a little bit of a tailgate scene. Don't worry about it. We're behaving ourselves. If you see anything that you don't like, feel free to come over and tell us. We'll make sure that everything's okay. We're in your sandbox. We want to play by your rules. They kept circling around us. And then we got the Blue Jackets in, and you know they were just looking for an excuse to shut us down for something. So the Blue Jacket came in and saw the toy drive. Saw the toy drive, right? And he was like, listen, there's no soliciting in this parking lot. You got to shut this thing down. Toy drive, nah, we're not, we're not doing this right now. And I was like, that's okay. Listen, we'll shut it down if you want. I'll close the trunk. We won't do this anymore. But just to let you know, like, we got these tickets from... The president of the Eagles, Don Smolinski. And listen, I didn't want to name drop the guy. And I don't want to be like, yo, hey, listen, we know, hey, we know Uncle Don. You know Uncle Don? We know Uncle Don. Forget about it, okay? But I did uh, drop a little bit of a name. I was like, listen, Don Smolinski gave us these tickets. Uh, he, he visits our tailgates frequently. He knows what we're all about. He knows what was happening here. We're all behaving ourselves. We're playing by the rules. He goes, all right, let me, he gets on his little mic. All right, let me talk to command. Let me, I'm going to call Don myself. Who I'm gonna, I said, I hope you do. Let him know the E-Rock from 4th and John is just having a little toy drive here for kids who are, who are needing the children. Philadelphia. It's for the children. Think about it. 4th and John is for the children. It's for the children. Not just Wu-Tang, but 4th Wu -Tang. is for the children. Wu-Tang! Okay. For the children. And then afterwards, they all came over and be like, all right, we check with command. You're all cool. Like, just try not to take up 10 spots. Yeah. <laughs> and, and shout out to all the, the, all the people that came that brought toys. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was awesome. Donated that to the Goofy Gators. Shout out to Karate Mark as well. Yeah, and, uh, for and, setting that, all that up. Yeah. Um, but it would look like a, a Christmas tree uh, setting. I mean, presents everywhere. I actually wanted to start playing with some of the toys myself. I'm like, I might take this home, but it's for the children. It's for the children. And, and yes, again, uh, to echo what Gail said, thank you so much to everybody who brought out a toy. Like, we were expecting, okay, we're going to... Because I, tra I train with Karate Mark, right? So he has an annual toy drive the year prior. So, yeah, I mean, next year, 4th and John's going to get in on this. So I put out the tweet. It's his mission. It's his, char you know, his charity that he associates with. We were just trying to amplify his voice and carry on his good deed by helping him out. And we just put out the tweet. And when I say that we were overflowing, yeah. the car, there was no more room for toys. Like there was toys on the floor, toys in the center console, toys in the trunk, toys on the seat, toys, uh, there, there might've been a toy coming out of my rear end if I checked there too. When I had 12, I had to clean out my car today. There were 12 bags 
garbage bags filled with toys, and I haven't even cleaned out my brother's car yet who had to take over the spillover toys. I got to do that tomorrow. So shout out to you guys. And again, shout out to all the staff at K-Lot. Didn't mean to cause a ruckus. Everything was cool. Uh, you, they were very affable, you know what I mean? They were just concerned that, you know, they didn't get to see that kind of... They didn't know who Gale and E-Rock were. They didn't know what the 4th and John crowd was all about. But at the end of the day, they were very pleasant to deal with. We thank uh, Don Smolinski and Liz again for hooking us up with those tickets. And we had a great time. We stayed out of the rain. That was a major thing. We stayed out of the rain. By the way, did you see the forecast for Sunday? Another rain? This is the rainiest season I've ever experienced in my life. I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever check the forecast. It's reflective ever. of our season. It's just, just not me, but a little I, bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Let's get some Twitter questions rolling, man. All right, uh, Kyle Huff wants to know: Was that OT drive the best drive of Carson's career to date? His best drive? I would what say, given the significance of it. And given how he played prior to that, how the entire team played, how the offense played, given how they performed the week prior, given that the fact that they knew they needed to win in order to stay into the playoff race, I I don't want to say most important because again I like like when people say career defining win, like career defining means career it means it defines your career right. Yeah. So when we look back on Carson Wentz's career, are we really going to look back the two and at, ten giants. Yeah, at, at the 2-10 <laughs> yeah, and ten no. Giants and be like, yo, Carson led him in an overtime win against the 2-10 and ten Giants with Eli Manning, who to quote our boy Cop Pizzle, who I'm sure is celebrating this one, was sitting for 10 weeks drinking Bud Lights and drink, and eating Doritos on the couch coming cold off the bench in order to play for their, for Daniel Jones. Is that going to be his, his, his signature you know, career-defining win? A guy that in 2017 was a candidate to be an MVP who led them on that Super Bowl run, so on and so forth. Yeah, he had who, some drives. Yeah, he. I mean, he. Had, that's not his career-defining win. But as far as this year, yeah, single best drive given the circumstance. Yeah, I think it was important for his season this year and his confidence level. I think that that kind of drive right there could bring some juice as as he moves forward. And you heard it in the stands, bro. You heard it like, yo, put in McNow, yeah. McCown, put in McCown, put in Josh, dude. Yeah, McCown was bench, ready to go in that receiver. Bench, bench Carson. And this is, this is why and Gail turned to me. He's like, dude, if they put in Josh and he moves the ball, this city is going to burn to the ground. I'm like, they're never going to do it. Yeah. And my mother was texting me like, yo, why don't they put in the backup? Bench Wentz. Like, that's why you don't do it. Because, what? again, we talked about messages like when, when Andy fired Juan and something like that. What's the message that's going to be received? Do you really want a quarter, quarterback controversy in Philadelphia again for the third straight year? You got rid of Nick to, to kind of to put out that fire, right? If he starts moving the offense, do you really want to damage Carson? Do you really want these young guys who are performing well to look at Carson Wentz and start questioning his leadership? That's why you don't put in the backup because you have what happened – that night, when the fireworks go off, Fly Eagles fly is sung, and we're headed to the parking lots with a dub. That's why you don't fight bench Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, Carson Wentz, um, it's just an opportunity for him to, like, lead the ship. And that with, with guys that aren't there who aren't may, maybe buying in, now we got guys that are bought in right now. Yeah. And we all gave Doug Peterson, like, the collective eye roll. 
when he was talking about, this is good for our leader. Remember losing to Miami? This is going to be good for our leader. How the hell, Doug, is this going to be good for your leadership? If you had leadership, you wouldn't be put in this position. I don't know. Maybe the guy had a point. Maybe the guy had the point because this challenged the leadership to not stop believing and uplift these guys and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, just Jason Kelsey did have a speech uh, prior to the game. Did, did that resonate? Maybe. Maybe, perhaps. There was a lot of messages. And, 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 the, and the uh, players did not come out. Uh, you know, th- there's no player intros. No player intros. Which was very interesting. You know, all the, we're, we're, we're sitting there waiting. And no I'm live player, on Twitter. No player intros. I always, I always go live on Twitter because a lot of people who are watching at home don't get to see that. Who, 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 who do you think uh, put that message out? Was that a Larry thing? No, it's Doug thing. It's that's a Doug thing. thing. You're practicing in pads this week. No intros for you. Well, listen, I look at Doug and I'm like, oh, now you're gonna put on your coaching big boy pants. Oh, now you're gonna now you're gonna play the hard role. Oh, now you now you're gonna practice in pads. Oh, what week is it in the NFL? What what point in the season? Now you're gonna practice in pads. And I know he only has so many that he can do that in, but you're starting to see the message start to be sent. We're practicing in pads. Jason Kelsey stepping up and talking to the locker room. They're being introduced as a team. We're going to find out, the, and we started last night, these last four weeks. Hey, who wants to be here and who doesn't? Let us know. Because if you don't want to be here, you're gone. We're in this type of season when nobody's job is safe. I don't care if you're a coach, a player, nobody. Nobody's job is safe. So you let us know if you want to be here. Last night was a great step. Yeah. Giants showed him how to call a timeout when you see a trick play. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah stadium that That's how you call a timeout, dog. I think I think everybody <laughs> in the stadium was saying the same everybody, thing. Man. Like, oh, you're gonna go for it? They call a timeout. That's how you use a timeout. <laughs> you get in school by Pat Shermer. Think about it. Go ahead. Uh, at Damon089 wants to know what should the confidence level be for, uh, for this fan base going forward after that win last night? <laughs> Not one, much. one through ten. <laughs> No, one through ten? One through ten. Put a number on it. Regarding what? Give me a specific confidence in what? Confidence, I guess, in uh, the rest of the season. Confidence regarding what? In a number? <laughs> in number-wise? Number-wise. I'd say a five. Because, I mean, you're right. You're, you're halfway there. Because um, you just don't know which team is showing up. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's going to be starting right, right about now. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to believe. <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, we're, like, believing something's going to happen. If, I mean, if, if we're if we're if we're talking about gotta confi- believe if we're talking at confidence level in winning the last three games, I will give you a, what is it one to ten? One to ten. I'll give you a six. I'll give you a six because you don't know. Again, what Gail said, you don't know what team's going to show up. You hope that what happened last night is a confidence booster to say, hey, listen, even though we might be down against an inferior opponent, we can come back and win this thing. Yeah. And when Dallas comes to town, not for nothing, but as talented as they are, they are an absolute train wreck. You know, we can we can beat them in our house, and if we beat them in our house, you know, we have a great shot at winning the division. So I think earlier episode, what what Ben was it like three, four, five weeks ago? The, the question was asked like, what, uh, how confident? What was the percentage chance of us making the playoffs? Yeah, that was right before the Seattle game. Yeah, and I said fifteen percent. I'll bump that up to a solid sixty right now. I'll bump that up. To, I'll, I'll I'll eat my words on that one and bump it up to a solid sixty. And I and I think. I, I think that's that's appropriate. If you're asking about scale of 1 to 10, my confidence in Carson Wentz, uh, I was at a 10 or at the beginning of the season. I was down to about a 6 in the middle of the season. And I'm up to a 7. I think he needs some coaching, and obviously the playmakers around him and the offensive line, you know, they okay, we'll, we'll go there. If you're talking about confidence in making the noise in the playoffs, 2%. 
Like, look, they're they're just not they're just not a playoff team, dude. If this was any other division, we'd be talking about the draft already. I've said that before. Let's go around the horn. Let's pick one and give a scale one to ten. Let's let's do Eagles confidence in the Eagles making the playoffs on a scale from one to ten. Three games to go. All in the division. Dallas Cowboys are a train wreck. Philadelphia Eagles are coming off of a big win. Evan Hollywood Hearn, we'll start with you. I'm going with a seven. You're going with a seven. Gail Saunders? Uh, I'm going with a seven. Seven. Spence? Six. Six. Can you, can you, can you elaborate a little bit on that, Spence? Because I'm, I'm curious, like uh, like the six, because we're, we're a little bit over 50-50 here. Where, where is your concern? I guess like the offensive line now, you're all banged up. Lane yeah. could be out for God knows, and you're relying on Boston Scott and Josh Perkins. I get it. Season. I get it. Even though the the will and the drive and the leadership might be there, just the talent overall. Like, listen, you can have all the will and the drive and the leadership that you want if the if you're just not talented enough. At the end of the day, you can beat the Giants. You can come back against the Giants. You can blow a lead against the Dolphins. Right. You know, are you going to be able to beat those Cowboys? Have to. I get it. I get it. Ben. No one's going to like this. It's a five. Okay. Here's why it's a five. Yeah. I don't trust the Eagles, but I don't trust the Cowboys either. I look at it like this. You ever see one of those movies where the villain has one of those real awful, gives someone an awful decision to make, let's think a Saul movie or whatever. Yeah, like, you got, like, like that you're locked up to something, but the key is sewn into yeah, your aura. You got to dig it out with like yeah, a toothpick or something. Yeah, like if it was like, hey, if the Eagles win, you get this million dollars, but if they lose... I got to chop your leg off. I'm just walking away. I'm not doing it. I, I have no faith in them. I have no faith in the Cowboys like winning another game. I just want to stay away from all of it yeah. and be happy. Yeah. That's why I'm in it like two weeks ago. I was furious about that loss against the New England Patriots. I was furious about that loss. And I'm like, I don't even want to talk about playoffs anymore. You know, I don't even want to talk about the Cowboys. And eventually you get to the point in the fan where, as a fan where – you go through enough disappointment and heartbreak that your natural self-defense mechanism is like humor, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like you're just in it for the pure ridiculousness of it. That's where I'm at right now. I'm just showing a, up right now. Yeah. I am showing up having blind faith. I know I know everything's falling around us, but at the end of the day, you know, this is what we do. You know, we yeah. show up and support our team. That's yeah. what we do. Rain or shine. That's something we can take pride in. Trox. I'm with Ben. I, I'm at five just because the only confidence I have, and it's not even that much, is in the defense because they played well in the second half last night. They can minimize and shut teams down, but confidence level, I don't have it. And I get that extra one just because we have 11 running the team. I don't. I, it's the only thing I can say. I don't, you know. Confidence okay. level is pretty at the minimum. Okay. I'm not on, on any clouds right now. I'm just I like, I like, like the like justification. It. Yeah. Okay. Prime. I'm at a seven with you guys. Okay. I think, uh, you know, against the Giants, we did it last year. We turned our season against them. Yeah. I see that happening again. I mean, if they stay with that momentum, they did with the second half. And, yeah, we didn't catch it. But, you know, I, st- yeah. I see them finishing all strong, especially it, in two weeks. It's just what team shows up. What <clears throat> And they got beat down for the last three weeks so bad and had to take, like, demoralizing L's. Like, not just, like, the worst kind of L's. The, you know, chances to beat good teams. 
letting it go against bad teams. Yeah, I mean, they've been definitely been bipolar the last couple of weeks. Offense is a great know, way to Defense play is really great. You know, they're expecting a huge performance against Miami. Then they crapped the bed. And then, you know, the offense came together and the defense sort of came together and they got this dub. So, I mean, we're just hoping that they've taken, taken their meds. <laughs> yeah. Next to it, a question, please. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what, take a medication. Considering that we almost had Josh McCown going in at wide receiver, mm. what are the chances? Uh, Andrew Greth wants to know do we possibly go after J Matt, J Matt, J Matt for a fourth time? Going oh, you're going to call up the booty call again. <laughs> you're going to check with the side. P- you, you're going to. You're really going to send J Matt the you up text. Hey, hey, you up, J Matt? You up? Yeah, J yeah. Matt's outside of Novacare with. You want to go to prom? <laughs> what up, big head? <laughs> I don't see why not. But at that, you know, <laughs> I mean, what do you got to lose? Yo, Wawa, I got to make a phone call. Yo, Howie, shoot your shot, man. Slide the DM. You think he's answering on the first call, too? Nah, 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 nah he, can, he kicks it to voice, he's man. He knows. He's playing hard He to knows. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, but what, uh, seriously, what J-Mac got? You know, I mean, what's, what's J-Mac doing right now besides nothing? You know, so. At, and if Should any, we have asked AI? If he, could, if he could put the pads on? Maybe. Man, you know you don't like practice. <laughs> he put, about he practice. don't like his hands on like my shoulders and looked at me. Be like, AI, put on the pads. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit it. Um, so, uh, sticking with the wide receivers, uh, there's been a lot of rumors swirling around in Cleveland about uh, maybe OBJ wanting out. Do you think that's a possibility at wideout next season? Uh, man, I'm, t- I'm telling you, OBJ, like, there's, there's you know, godly talent there. Um, but I, I, like I said, I've, I've been following OBJ. I, I, I went to like Giants practices, training camp. Mm-hmm. The way that he conducts himself, I don't know if he's different now. I know he, he's kind of like grown up a little bit. He's he's definitely a kind of like a me guy, you know, like in terms of like his brand and his his vision, and it's now following him to Cleveland. You know, he's going to other teams and like saying come get me like i mean is that what we're doing is you know he's got talent he's definitely has a sports hernia he's got an injury now Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not gonna say no like if because he's talented but i I don't think it's the be all to end all to get obj in here i mean we're talking about culture right now i got you but I take it. Don't you have to be a me guy to be a wide receiver in the I NFL? I mean, everyone's kind of amoeba, but it's amoeba. Amoeba. <laughs> there's a there's a, there's there's opportunity. Like it's starting to follow him from team to team now. Yeah. You know, from the Giants to Cleveland. You know, I mean, it, it, where there's smoke, there's fire. This season has has tested my hypocrisy quite a bit <laughs> this year. I mean, really, 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 really tested it. Catches for culture. Creating catches for culture. And right now, if you were to ask me two months ago, I would have smacked the stupid off of your face and said, what are you talking about? Get the hell out of here, OBJ. But now, listen, you are you were right. He's kind of amoeba. But if you take a look back and look at the leadership that was in New York, uh, in New York with the Giants, or lack thereof, or lack thereof, and then he gets shipped to Cleveland with that crew... Over there, it's a bad scene, dude. It's a I bad mean, scene. And we, like we when? When has OBJ been in a good locker room, like a solid, stable locker room? The type of locker room that when you're losing doesn't like throw things and and you can't hear it outside the locker room. When, when's the last time OBJ has actually been in a stable environment? But then again, he is kind of a head case, isn't he? 
But the one thing that you, I don't know if you guys noticed, he, he's not acting up. This will probably be the place where you would see him act up because it's not going right for him. Hmm. He, I don't see him acting up. So, I mean, I don't know. Is there a change? I haven't heard much OBJ drama this year. With no. the as underperforming as he's been doing with uh, Baker throwing them. I mean, what do you talk about Baker for a minute? I'm going to go to the uh, <laughs> Rock and Roll Museum of Art. What it, like, like, what are you doing out in Cleveland? At New York, you're like all over the place. I yeah. had a sister living in Cleveland for four years. Didn't visit once. See? Don't feel bad at you all. Know. Yeah, you know. we went to Cleveland for the for the uh, football Hall of Fame. I'm so sorry. Beef, yeah, they got some solid corned beef. <laughs> You're apologizing on that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. feels uh, awful. Yeah, and uh, Cle- to Shody Forty. Shody Forty. Did you guys see the before and after pictures of Baker? What Cleveland does to someone? He looks like Columbo now, dude. He's <laughs> man, depressed. He looks like Randy Marsh, bro. He looks like real life Randy Marsh. It's contagious, bro. It's contagious, bro. <laughs> Yo, listen, Gail. Yeah or nay? On OBJ? Yeah. Yay or nay on OBJ? <sighs> My hypocrisy knows no levels. No balance. Uh, no balance. No, no balance. I mean, Shout out to Val Kilmer. Just the way that our... Wide receivers are set up. <laughs> I mean, See the way my, you, my, my check in and my savings. receivers are checking. But it's just just imagine. It's just imagine. Like I've, I've, I've like I sat there and looked at him and saw how annoyed the players around him at training camp were. His own teammates at the Giants. I had never seen anything like it. And I played football a long time. I've never seen players look at another player like, dude, stop dancing. Like, what do you do? Like, stop showboating. The whole crowd, it was like, I've never seen anything like it. It was like more like a, he was like a rock star. And like half the crowd at the training camp was there for him. And the other players but that, didn't but, like Yeah, it. but that's the difference between maybe Giants fans and Eagles fans. That so if you're, that you're I, acting we, up we, at training we camp, we'll, we'll be like, yo, quit, quit your dancing. Quit your dancing. I ain't, I ain't never seen anything Where's like your ballerina it. shoes? Quit I your dancing. Yeah. Get to playing some football. Yeah, I take them. I'll give you a solid maybe, Evan. That's a yes for me. That's a yes. Okay. Next one. Um, Alex Morrow wants to know, how much of J-Jaw's lack of production can you blame on him being taught every wide receiver position? He's a Stanford guy. He should be smart enough to know. But but is he capable of playing every wide receiver position? He has a unique set of skills, right, Gail? Yeah. I, I, he's been cross-trained. It's just a matter of, like, we're talking about a, we couldn't scheme up Golden Tate. I mean, they're having issues now scheming up players. So I think it's more of the scheme versus uh, J. Joe. I think if you play to his strengths, you can slant teams to death and throw the nine ball. I mean, uh, that's where he wins. All right. Give me one more. Why on earth, Chris Wilde wants to know, why on earth has Greg Ward and Josh Perkins been on the practice squad for so long? I think it's what I touched on earlier. You want to see your drafted guys, the, the guys that you dump draft capital in, the guys that you picked the guys that, uh, you know, you picked ahead of other guys. Jay Jaw, you know, we can take a look at We can revisit all that whole thing and Metcalf and all that. We can take a look at, uh, you know, Mac Hollins, who when he was drafted, you didn't, you, you hated that pick. You didn't like it at all. Pumphrey Pick hated that pick too. You know, and, and you want to be right, man. That's just human nature. You want to be right. You want to be able to see. I saw it when nobody else did. I told you so. So you're giving those guys every opportunity. And you know that guys like Greg Ward and Boston Scott aren't going anywhere. But now that they're here, again, we're going to see in these last three games, last four games that started with last night, who wants to be here and who doesn't. And, uh... I think that plays a key. I don't think it's a knock on them or their talent. A lot of times, I think it's just a numbers game. And let's not let's not forget Perk. Let's throw Perk in there. 
Joshua Perkins. Yeah, I mean, he played pretty well. I mean, coming off, uh, you know, he's he's got that hybrid, versatile tight end, mm-hmm. wide receiver role. Um, I think he came up big for us. Um, but, um, yeah. All right. So before we get on out of here, a couple shout-outs, as we always do. Uh, Shout-out to Concha Hawk and Bakery for supplying the tailgates with all the yummy goodness that is their tomato pies and other treats. Uh, they, they mixed it up this week, man. They, they, they brought some other treats. It was much enjoyed by the people. It's so funny, like I was saying last week, like the tomato pies, people didn't really know what to make of them when we first got them at the tailgate. Now we're lucky if they last like an hour because people are just all over them. They're delicious, hot or cold. Please check them out. Concha Hawk and Bakery. Bud Light. Who will not only be who's not only sponsoring uh, the tailgates with the with the beer, but sponsoring our little road trip, which I'll touch on in a minute, down to Washington uh, to see the Eagles versus the Redskins. Shout out to Monster Energy for supplying the tailgate with uh, with the beverages. We appreciate that. Uh, trying to think what else who we who else we got to thank uh, America Northeast Philadelphia Karate Mark make sure Goofy you check Gators. them out Goofy, Goofy Gators, Gators for uh, for accepting all these toys we're about I'm about to deliver tomorrow shout out to the shout out to the, the tailgaters yeah. that came and delivered those toys and and listen Mark was like hey if one person brings a toy that's a win for us I'm like yeah you don't know my people. Let me put out the call. Let me put up the bat signal. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a lot more than one. And for those who uh, you know weren't at this tailgate, we're, we're also going to be doing this at the Dallas tailgate. So you mm-hmm. have an opportunity to bring. And Karate Mark will be there, there so you can fill up his trunk. There you go. Because I got more toys than I know what to do with. My kids are going to go home and be like, "It's Christmas. It's no, like, this ain't for you. It's gonna be toy put it down. Two. Put toy it down. Four, this ain't you for know? you. <laughs> you got to wait till Christmas." Uh, Details on the road trip, uh, at, they're, they're fluid at the moment, but what's probably going to happen is we are going to go down the morning of, bright and early, we're going to get there at about 9 o'clock. We're not going to set up the traditional Philadelphia Eagles tailgate where it's you know the trailer and the lights and the music and everything like that, but we are going to be tailgating, bringing down a couple cases of beer and you know putting up the flag, and so we'll let you know exactly where our parking pass is. For those of you looking for tickets, we are in section 34, row 2. Section 34, row two. So if you're planning on, uh, you know, obviously we're not traveling with the Green Legion or anybody else at the, at, uh, for this particular trip. So if you want to get tickets ne- near us, again, Section 34. I got a feeling if this is uh, if this is anything like last year, man, it is going to be more of a home game than anything else. Prime was there. JT was there. Um, it was a complete Eagles fan takeover. We were all chanting, let's go Bears, because I know you were playing the Vikings, everything. Dude, it's fun partying in the parking lot after a Eagles win in FedEx Field, yeah, knowing that so. you might you might be going to the playoffs. It's I a mean, crazy hey, world, man. You eh? got to believe. You just got to believe. You got to believe. Anybody but Dallas. Hashtag. That's my message for this show. Anybody but Dallas. I love it. And until next time, we'll see you right here next week in NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios with 4th and John. We'll see you then. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.